This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. Welcome to Pentecost Sunday. Yeah. We're so excited that you you chose to tune in today at Oasis City Church Online. This is a great day because Pentecost Sunday globally is known as this. It's the birthday of the church. It's the birthday of the church. And you and I are part of the church of Jesus Christ. And so it's a celebration, not only of salvation through Jesus, but of the Holy Spirit that was poured out on all flesh. And that's the part that I love to talk to you about today. See, there's a parallel in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I want to talk about it just a second to be able to really set the stage so that we can grasp the importance of this season, this day, and the next several days of what the Lord wants to do in our land. See, in the Old Testament, you had the Passover, and then you had something called the Feast of Weeks. Now, that that feast had multiple names, but it was a seven week long feast. God likes to party. He really does. It was a seven long uh, week feast. So it's 49 days. And then there was the 50th day. And that day uh, had its own name. It was called the, the Shavuot. And that Shavuot was a special day in that whole ending of the Feast of Weeks. Now that's in the Old Testament. And then the New Testament is simply this. It's from the resurrection of Jesus and to Pentecost Sunday. And that's 50 days from the resurrection to the ascension to a little prayer meeting that was happening to Pentecost. And so there's a parallel in the Old Testament and the New Testament. God is particularly fond of this season that we're in right here. God's particularly fond globally of what we're celebrating today. I want to tell you about that 50th day, though, in the Old Covenant, that that Shavuot day. It was, it was spoken of, uh, the Feast of Weeks is spoken of many times in the scripture, and particularly in the book of Exodus and Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, has an interesting scripture. It says on that day, uh, during the whole time of those seven weeks, it's the, it's the celebration of first fruits. You bring your first fruits unto the Lord. But on that final day, there were special instructions for the children of Israel. And this is what they said. The Jews were also required to give of their harvest to the poor the Levites, the stranger, the orphans, and the widows. This holiday served as an occasion for mercy and social equality. And if there's anything that we need today in this hour is to recognize God cares about social equality. And he did 
a long time ago and he does now. But here's the ultimate thing. If you're a part of the New Testament church, if you're a part of Jesus, if today you're celebrating, guess what? The Holy Spirit is poured out as well for all people, all people on the earth, not just the Jews, but also the Gentiles. And I want to talk to you about that today. The, uh, the, the, this day ultimately became known as the anniversary of giving the Torah on Mount Sinai, where God gave his law to his people. But think about this. God gives Holy Spirit to his people, and it's the same celebration. So this 50th day from the resurrection of Jesus is very important. And I know right now in our nation, our nation needs healing. Our nation needs answers. Our nation needs the Holy Spirit. I want to say now more than ever. And God wants to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. Everybody deserves to be treated equally. I just want you to type that in. If you're watching on a social media uh, platform right now, uh, I just want you to type in equality. I want you to look at somebody in your living room right now and say everybody deserves to be treated equally equally. Right here, we have, we have a small group of our leaders here in the church today to celebrate uh, Pentecost. Look at somebody and say, everybody deserves equality. And just like the, this feast of weeks, just like this celebration, just like that time was a time for the children of Israel to bring their first fruits unto the Lord, let me tell you what God did. What God did is he said, I'm going to flip the script a little bit. I'm going to allow Jesus, my son, to be the first fruit. The scripture says it in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, for, for in Adam all die, even so in Christ we shall be made alive because of Jesus. So today on Pentecost, you would think maybe I'd talk about fire. You'd think maybe I'd talk about the gifts of the Spirit and all of that. And that's true. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit for several weeks. But today I want to talk to you about breath. I just want you to say that word, breath. Everybody right now in the United States is talking about breath. And God cares about breath. Genesis chapter 2, just starting in the beginning in verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. We have no life without breath, and we have no life unless our creator has breathed. He breathed his breath into the nostrils of Adam. And God continues to do it. The book of Job in chapter 27 says it this way. For as long as life is in me and the breath of God is in my nostrils, my lips certainly will not speak unjustly, nor my tongue mutter deceit. May your lips right now not speak unjustly because you carry the breath of God. May your lips now or your fingers on social media not, not speak unjustly because you and I, we carry the very breath of God. A few pages over in Job, it says this, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of almighty gives me life. The breath of almighty gives me life. It's the fundamental portion of humanity. We all deserve to have our breath and nobody deserves to take it away. That's for God and God alone. It's a God-given right 
From the beginning, I quoted Genesis chapter two. In Genesis chapter four, Cain kills his brother Abel over jealousy. And God confronts Cain. And he says this, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. The first murder in scripture, the first murder of a human being in scripture And it was a brother rising up against another brother. And God didn't take light of it. He says that that his blood is crying out from the ground. And you know, in the Hebrew, that word blood is actually a plural word. It means his bloods. In other words, his blood, his life, and his future descendants, they're all crying out. The life that was in his loins that was never able to produce fruit and have children and their children have children. That blood is still crying out to the Lord. And God warns us in the beginning that a brother should not rise up against a brother. And I know I can't talk to the world right now, but I can talk to the church. And brothers should not rise up against brothers. And God says that innocent blood cries out unto him. The innocent blood cries out, I believe the blood of the unborn is crying out today, particularly in our nation. I believe the slaughter of Native Americans are crying out to this day. I believe that acceptance in the violence of slavery and that bloodshed is still crying out to the Lord this day. I believe that the blood of racism is still crying out this day in our nation. I believe that Jim Crow laws and disproportionate police brutality against people of color is crying out, and it's crying out this week in the streets of America. Identification repentance has taken place over the years. People of all races have gathered together and repented, but see, that's still not enough. Because it's an ongoing thing and the church of Jesus Christ has to continually give voice to repentance and grace and mercy and crying out for God to heal our land. Church, this is Pentecost. This is where the breath of God, the wind of God wants to blow across and affect every person. I need a drink before I can go on. Everyone has the right to breathe. As a nation, we're gasping for air and appalled as a life was extinguished right before our eyes. Justice must be served and this census brutality must come to an end. Please, church, rise up and be the body of Christ. Be righteous. Represent Jesus. Mourn with those who mourn. Jesus died for every race, every tribe, and every tongue. And it's his desire that they will worship with him, not just someday in the sweet by and by, but right now. That's the principle of the kingdom of God. Equality is a fundamental right in the kingdom. We were all given breath from heaven. My heart breaks yet again. It seems to be year after year for my African-American family. My African-American friends and brothers and sisters. And I'm telling you, church, and particularly those that aren't African-American, if you cannot hear their cries, then you're truly deaf and heartless. 
George Floyd's death by police, Ahmaud Arbery's death by being gunned down. The list goes on and on, and it's ridiculously excessive towards people of color. Being treated differently based upon race and culture cannot be accepted in the world, let alone should never be accepted in the church. The world's crying out, but is the church crying out? I'm grateful that we live in a nation where our police officers daily lay down their lives to serve and protect its citizens. They are worthy of honor and respect. My friend, the former chief of police and now the superintendent of the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigations, just said this. Nobody in this country hates bad cops more than good cops. I believe there's a very high percentage of good cops. But the bad ones must be brought to justice. We must hold our elected officials to the highest standards of accountability to make sure that injustice doesn't go unpunished. Now listen to this. Violence is not justice. Violence is revenge. Our society cannot allow a culture of revenge or anarchy to be established. Even events taking place last night and, and, and a few other nights ago. We cannot allow anarchy. We cannot allow that spirit to corrupt other people. As a church, we must also recognize that we are with war with the demonic spirit of injustice. You have to realize this is spiritual as well. There is a time, especially during Pentecost, to rise up because we're not only united, uh, or we were not united by the color of our skin or our political parties, but we are united in Christ. So Christians need to speak up. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34 says this Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Sin is a disgrace to any people. We have multiple people groups in our nation, and sin becomes a disgrace to them, but righteousness can exalt America yet again. Righteousness can, can exalt any nation of the earth. I'm going to get to more on Pentecost, but I got to finish this part. Racism is not natural. It's taught by those whose hearts are wicked and selfish. It's evil at its core. We should see color and culture in one another and celebrate their differences. Racism is a sin problem. Hate is a sin problem. Violence is a sin problem. The murdering of the innocent is a sin problem. There is a conflict of spiritual kingdoms. There are two kingdoms governed by radically different standards. In one kingdom, every life matters, and in the other, no life matters. You can't live in one kingdom and operate by the rules of another. Our participation in each one has radically different outcomes. Radically different outcomes. And let me tell you, people watching on TV and in social media and such, they need to see the outcome of people who live and operate in the kingdom of God. And do not allow themselves to, to, to falter into the ways of man, into carnal conversations, into personal preferences outside of the kingdom. The church needs to cry out for repentance. We need mercy in our land, not vengeance. 
Let's pray for revival within law enforcement and local governments. Let's pray for revival in the streets. Let's pray for revival in the church. We, as Oasis City Church, hold at our core reconciliation. It's a message that we are responsible to share and to demonstrate to the world around us. And as Bishop Garlington has taught us, we must remember that in a divided society, only the church can model unity. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. See, even in the kingdom, it's looking at God's perspective of the innocent blood still crying out. And God is saying, as a New Testament church, as a church that is celebrating its birthday, that is filled with the power of the very Spirit of God, he changes the course here. He ups the ante, and he says, the blood of Abel cries out for vengeance, but the blood of Jesus Christ cries out for mercy and forgiveness. And we need to be crying out, church, for mercy and forgiveness upon our land. We need to cry out for mercy and forgiveness within our relationships. If we have, if we have offended one another, we need to cry out to them and say, could you give me mercy? Would you forgive me for my bias? Would you forgive me for my mistakes? Would you forgive me for allowing myself to enter into something that's not of the kingdom of God? COVID-19 is after breath. Violence and racism is after breath. Abortion is after breath. This is all from Satan himself. Satan himself wanting to choke out life. He doesn't care if you're a Christian or not. He wants to prevent you from being a Christian. And those Christians, he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Whether you're a believer or not, he's choking breath. And we have to recognize it as the body of Christ. We need a reset of the breath of God. Right now. Right now. Just pray for that. Just, just pray for that. Right now. I know you're watching online. But just go ahead and lift your voice and say, God. And pray for yourself personally. Say, God. I need a reset of your breath. I need a reset of the breath of God. Pray for the people in your house right now. Pray for the people in your family right now. That they would have a reset of the very breath of heaven. That the wind of God would even move in your living room as you're watching. Or from your office, wherever you're watching from. If you're looking on your cell phone, may you feel the wind and the breath of heaven. May you feel God breathing life into you and those around you. If you're filled in a hopeless and despair situation, maybe all around you things are not looking very safe. May the breath of heaven come upon you. Wherever you're watching from today and tomorrow and the next day in this season of Pentecost. I want to take you back to 2,000 years ago. It's Easter evening. Jesus had risen from the dead and he's, he's letting himself known to certain people. And that evening, something very interesting took place. In his resurrected body, he shows up in John chapter 20. 
And he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus shows up and he says, peace be to you. Just recently, I talked about the peace of God and in Romans in chapter 16, it has this really uh, amazing and, and oftentimes overlooked passage where it says, and the peace of God will soon crush Satan under your feet. The peace of God will, will the, the, it describes it as beating him to a pulp. The peace of God will soon crush Satan under your feet. We need that soon right now. Our nation needs the peace of God to crush the enemy. And I'm telling you, God's peace is aggressive. And so when Jesus shows up, the first thing he says is, peace be to you. And the breath of Jesus in his resurrected body uh, on Easter evening to the disciples, he shows up and he says, peace be to you. And then he breathed on them. He didn't just talk to them. He used the breath. I believe the same creative breath from Genesis chapter 2. And now Jesus, who's resetting the earth, he breathes out a breath. And I don't know how long it was or how loud it was, but they're around in the room. And he breathes on them. That's a unique thing. He says, peace be unto you. And he breathes and it says, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit from the very breath of God. This is weeks before Pentecost. 49 days before Pentecost. And he's filling people with his spirit. Because what he was about to do on Pentecost, he needed them to understand it so that the masses could understand it. And see, this is the power of Jesus where he says, I'm coming into your life. I'm breathing on you. You can't get the power of God without the breath of the Spirit. May the breath of God blow right now. This Sunday, today, may it blow in your life. Let me tell you, though, what is the, is the problem with us is that even though Jesus promises that his peace will crush Satan underneath our feet. So he's not coming and stomping in the lands without our permission. He's crushing Satan under our feet. But let me tell you something that can hinder that. When you have sin in your heart towards one another. When brother rises up against brother, the peace of God can't be in your midst, in your breath. It can't crush the enemy underneath your feet. When there's implicit bias from one to another, the peace of God can't coexist in that. You have to realize and say, God, examine my heart. Is there anything I need to repent of? Can I just repent to have your perfect peace in my life? Because then I know that wherever I go, wherever I put my feet, the peace of God comes with me. And the plans of darkness are dissembled when I walk on them. Everywhere I go, I'm a messenger of the gospel of peace. And even in the city streets right now, they need peace. Even when, when you go somewhere to talk to your friends and to visit them, they need peace. When you're picking up somebody who's scared, trembling, they need peace. But you can't walk in perfect peace 
if you don't first examine your heart and say, Jesus, forgive me if I have thought of another race or another culture less than myself, if I'm not willing to deal with how I feel about others and receive them as you receive them, then how can I be a messenger of peace? It's interesting that we, we use the term that truth steps on our toes. <laughs> and we say, ouch, in a moment like that. But isn't it interesting that God wants your toes for peace? So he has to step on them because your, your feet are called to do something. And your breath is precious in the sight of God and use it for his glory. The same image of when God made Adam in Genesis 2, where Jesus breathes on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The God, the creator, breathed in Adam and breathed life into his nostrils. But see, that breath of God now makes us new creations in Jesus Christ. So Jesus does this, and then there's... There's some time here that he's on the earth. And, and I don't know if the disciples had any idea to figure it out, but, but we, have, we have the resurrection and then we have the ascension of Jesus where he goes to heaven. And then we have Pentecost. And so when you go to uh, a few pages after the resurrection in the book of John, you come to Acts 1. And in Acts 1 is where the church is born. And in Acts 1 and 2, there's, there's just foundational scriptures where we can look back and we can see the importance of God's way of doing things. God has a way that he likes to do things. He has a way that he likes to introduce himself. For some reason, God likes wind and fire. For some reason, God likes aggressive peace where we're like, that doesn't even make sense. For, for some reason, God likes his way of doing things and he wants his people to embrace it. And I just want to talk to you for a few more minutes here so we can have a fundamental understanding of what's taking place in Pentecost. In Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 3, it says this. To these he, he presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking the things concerning the kingdom of God. Here's Jesus. He's proving himself time and time again. I mean, he loves to do that. He proves himself time and time again. It's over a period of 40 days. He shows up. Uh, you know, this resurrected body that he has is pretty cool because he could just uh, kind of not have to get on the, the donkey and ride it for transportation or the camel. I mean, he could just show up places. He can walk through walls. It's just awesome. And so he continues to do this for 40 days. And it says, speaking of things concerning the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus did. For 40 days until the ascension, he talked about one thing, the kingdom of God. How much more should we, the church, be talking about the kingdom of God? We don't need to focus on the kingdom of darkness. We need to talk about the kingdom of God. Jesus says, they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. It's not even your love for the world. It's your love for one another because the world is watching. Verse 4, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. In other words, he's like, I told you this was before. I told you this was coming. He says, don't wait. Don't wait. I'm leaving, but you need to go there 
and don't, I mean, don't leave, wait. That's what he said, sorry. He said, don't leave, but wait. I need you to wait on me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they came together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is this the time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? <laughs> no, you gotta get it. He said what was about to happen. He said, he said I need you to wait. I need you to stay. And, um, and don't leave. And then here's what's gonna happen. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So the, the ultimate question would have been, what's the baptism of the Holy Spirit? But no, they said, are you establishing your military camp right now, Jesus? Are you calling in the National Guard, Jesus? Are, are you, are, what are you doing, Jesus? Are, are, you, are you establishing your kingdom? Are warriors coming? Are weapons coming? I've been waiting on my sword. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs of which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But here's the key, verse eight. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. You've got to wait to receive the power. Once you receive the power, then you go. And guess what? You don't just go to people that look like you. You go to all the nations. When we talk about this in the coming weeks, you'll see that just in chapter 2 alone, there's 15 people groups, ethnicities, who were receiving and participating in what the Holy Spirit was doing. Verse 14. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, the brothers of Jesus during this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Now, this is very critical uh, to my close here so you can get this. Jesus is giving them instructions. The resurrection, 40 days, the ascension, and he says, I need you to go and I need you to wait. They didn't know how long they were going to wait. But see, something was coming that day 50. That, that Pentecost was coming. And so what they decided to do was they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. About 120 believers were together in one place and, and Peter stood up and addressed them. So, so we begin with 120 who had been in a 10-day prayer meeting. You want to talk about the birth of the church? If you want to birth something in the kingdom, you've got to pray. And you've got to pray with other believers. We need to pray more now more than ever. We need to pray united prayers. And so they were uncertain. They weren't sure what this all meant. But they gathered together. They came, they came together and they were constantly united in prayer. I mean, the inference is there is like morning, noon, and night. They, they just stopped to eat. Maybe they fasted a little bit. And there's 120 of them. And it's male and female. And they're all there. Acts 2.1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues of fire appeared on them and rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance now we'll have more time to talk about this and what that really means and break it down but here's how the Holy Spirit 
decided to introduce himself to planet Earth on Pentecost. Of all the things he could have done, of every way that the Holy Spirit could have, could have said, I'm here and ready to be known on the planet. I'm here and ready to baptize the, those who believe in Jesus. I'm here and ready to give the spiritual gifts. I'm here and ready to give fire and power. I'm here to empower them to then go to other nations. This is how he does it. He shows up and the sound of a mighty wind filled the entire house where they were seated. Divided tongues of fire appeared to them, rested on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I mean, I think they kind of knew about this pillar of fire that, that always, that was leading and guiding the children of Israel. They know that God shows up and it's like God's showing up that way again, but yet differently. Instead of a, a one just massive following, there's this individual experience that people could have. But here's the interesting thing. Both nouns, spirit and wind, are from the Greek word. And it, the Greek word means this, to blow or breathe. Just like God filled humanity, just like Jesus filled his disciples, God does it the same way. He uses his breath. And by his breath, his breath can produce the sound of the mighty rushing wind. It doesn't just say it was a wind. It sounded, it was a sound of this mighty rushing wind. And then fire came. It's like, do you know how to get a bigger fire if you're trying to make it? You, you blow on it. God cares about breath. And when people say, I can't breathe, don't look at it as a political statement. Listen to them. And then tell them that God has a solution. And you can mourn with those who mourn, and you can grieve and weep with those who weep. But also joy comes in the morning. And Holy Spirit has a plan. And forgiveness has a plan. And, and mercy and grace has a plan. And it starts with the very breath of God. I just want to close by praying for you right now. Once again, Pentecost is the collapsing of all racial, ethnic, and gender boundaries and revealing God's plan that we all have an equal seat at his table. I pray for you right now if you're watching, wherever you're watching from, the very breath of God fills your house, your home, your temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you need a fresh wind of God, if you need the fresh breath of God, I'm praying for you that you'll receive in your temple the very breath of heaven. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, and hear our prayers. Come and heal our land. Everybody in this room, may the spirit of the breath of God come upon you. May the breath of Jesus, may the wind of God, may the wind of God may the wind of God come.
I'm just hearing uh, prophetically right now. And I, I hear the Spirit of the Lord say this, and I know that... Well, I'm just going to tell you what I hear. I hear words, racial slurs, descriptions that were shouted, that were given breath, that were shouted and they hit your ears and they felt like they hit you like a punch right in the face and a punch in the gut. And by the Spirit of the Lord, I can just sense God saying, I want to blow them away. Blow the punch away. God wants to blow away even the very memories going back to childhood, going back to college years, going back to to, uh, even just recently. Even just recently, online communication and such. I see the breath of God coming in unscrambling words. God coming in unscrambling words. And Lord, however you can do that, I know that is just a crazy word, but it's only you can do something like that, Jesus. And so I invite you to do it. Unscramble words and spell them the way you want them to be spelled. Like like I see the word daughter. I see the word son. I see the word king and queen. I see God unscrambling hateful words and replacing them with identity. Identity in Christ. I see the word forgiveness. I see the word mercy. I see the word grace. I see the word peacemaker. I see the word. I see God. I see the word peace coming. I see God saying it's time for me to crush the enemy under your feet. Like a mighty rushing wind come upon our land, Lord Jesus. Speak to us. Oh, breath of God, speak to us. Oh, words of heaven, speak to us. May you curse, Lord, words of fear and anxiety. May you replace them. Thank you, 
so much for joining us for this online service. Man, what a powerful word. And as the body of Christ, it's our duty to respond as we would in the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And I believe one of the things that you can do right now is you can you can share this. Listen, the church needs to hear this message. The church needs to know that in a divided society, only we, the church, can model unity. And so I want to encourage you to, to, to share this. Pray pray who you should share it with. Uh, this is a message that we need to hear. I know it impacted me so strongly, and I know it's, it's going to be meaningful to so many people. And I want to encourage you, listen, to, to, to connect with us. We want to know where you're watching from. And if you have any need, you want to respond to this message in some way, just uh, simply text more OC to 49000. That's more OC, 49000. Text that, and, and we want to connect with you that way. We'd love to follow up with you very, very, very soon. Listen, if you need to, if you need prayer, uh, if you decide to follow Jesus today, whatever that might be, we want to connect with you, and that's the way to do it. If you're not able to text, uh, you can always email info at oasiscitychurch.com. Thank you so much for all of you that are partners at Oasis City Church for your faithfulness and giving. We so appreciate it. Thank you so much. We want to thank you for tuning in today. God is doing something incredible in the body of Christ, but we've got to keep our eyes focused on the kingdom and our kingdom response. So here, uh, live in the building, we're going to continue to worship because it's it's what we do. It's what we're called to do. We're going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to worship. And we would love for you to join us uh, when we open up very, very soon in the next couple of weeks to join us for a live recording here at Oasis City Church in Westerville. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you, and we'll see you again very soon.